0: Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. Our message for you today is a two part message. The topic is Shake It and Shine It. We're going to talk about the shining part today, and when I come again, we will talk about the shaking part. So I'm going to invite you now to open your Bibles to the first book of the New Testament. And uh, interestingly, there are those who believe that the book of Mark is the first book that was written. So they call it Mark and Priority. But we're going to go for as it is, there, Matthew. And the writer of this book is Levi Matthew. Levi Matthew was a tax collector. And so he was called. And here he writes specifically for the Jews. Uh, Matthew writes for the Jews. And so you will see him using terms like kingdom. One of his main terms, kingdom. But here he says in Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 14, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand." And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good work and glorify your Father in heaven. Then that is the the new King James version. But the the King James Version says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do men light lamp and put them under. Well, no, this, this is a different translation. This is a New International Version. And I like this one. It says, Let me read it again. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do men light a lamp and put it under the grain measure. The grain measure is the bushel that you see in the, in the King James Version. The word bushel is the measuring can that they use to measure a bushel of wheat. Alright, so the word bushel means measuring can. But he puts it on a lampstand. stand. And it give light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let us pray. Lord, we ask you now that you will lighten our darkness. We pray now that you will illuminate our understanding. We ask you, O oh God, that you will speak directly to our hearts today. Through your words, in Jesus' name, we pray. Jesus had just finished laying out the moral. Principles of his kingdom. He had laid the moral foundation on which the superstructure is to be built. He had just laid out the ethical principles by which the kingdom is to be governed. Jesus had just finished craft in the spiritual design that the church is to follow as she perpetuates the spiritual values for the kingdom. And so when you read now the first part of this text, beginning at verse three, here Jesus is laying the foundation. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will show mercy. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and fall they say unkind and evil things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And he went on and he laid it out and this is the bedrock on which the church of God is built. And so after Jesus was finished doing all of this. He looked out and saw that the world was engulfed in intense moral, spiritual, and ethical darkness. Then he looked at his disciples, and he looked at them, and then he got their attention. And as they fixed their attention on him... Jesus said to them, you are the light of the world. This is a figure of speech. And if you remember your figure of speech very well, you remember that there is one that is called simile. But this one is a metaphor. Jesus says that you are the light of the world. You know, just this week, Washington was plunged into total darkness because the, the electrical grid malfunctioned and something chipped out. And even the White House, they say, the standby unit had to chip in. But then the world is in a greater darkness. Spiritual darkness. And the world is in darkness. Now, what is the meaning of the word world? The word world here has two meanings. Now, you're going to need to take some notes this morning. The first word for world is the word cosmos. Cosmos. Cosmos is the created heavenly bodies: the sun, the moon, the plant, the stars. The cosmos is the sum total of all matter and energy that is everywhere within and between all the galaxies. So that is the world. Is that the world that our light should be shined for, should be shining for? Is that the world? So what does the word world mean? Let's look at the second word for world. The second word is the word anthropos. A-N-T-H-R-O-P-U-S. It's a Greek word. It is the word from which you get the word anthropology from. And anthropology is the study of man, of human being. So the word world here means human being. It means the generic substance that go together to make us human beings. We are are the world. And I remember some years ago that a song was written and composed to raise money for the people who were stricken by drought in Africa. It's called We Are the World. And that is the world here that Jesus is talking about. We are the world. But interestingly, Jesus says, let your light shine, but we are not the light of the cosmos, but we are the light to the anthropos. As a matter of fact, The word anthropos literally means the creature with the upturned face. What it means? The creature with the what? Upturned face. Man is the only creature that can turn up to God. More than in a physical way, but also in a spiritual way. Man is the only being... That can talk to God. And so we are the creature with the upturned face. And so you know now that Jesus is not talking about the stars and the sun and the moon and the plants in the, in the, the world. He's talking about man. Amen. He's talking about you and he's talking about me. So you know what the world is now. Am I right? You are the light of the world. You know what the world is now. Now let's go now to light. Light. Now what does the word light mean? Now light has a physical meaning. But Jesus uses it in a spiritual sense. And that is how Jesus teaches. He uses the things of nature. He uses the simple things around us. And in a profound way, he brings out a spiritual truth that affects our lives. And so here it is. Physical meaning. Light, a lamp, a torch. It is to shine or to make manifest. Especially by rays, or brightness, so the light here is anything that emits radiance. That's the light. But you know, uh, light is also scientific, and if you study chemistry, physics rather, physics, you will uh, discover that there are eight properties. In light so when Jesus used the word light as a symbol of the message that he wanted to convey it was deliberate for Jesus does not do anything by chance and you are here today you are not here by chance you walked through these doors and you came here today you came to worship but you did not do that by chance God brought you here for a purpose. And if your destiny is in his hand, there is nothing that he does in your life that is that 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 is not planned. So for for Jesus is not taken off God. He, he 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 doesn't operate in a way that is uh, he becomes spasmodic. Or without a plan, impromptu. God is not an impromptu God. So, let me explore with you here the properties of light and see how Jesus uses them to really convey the message of what we ought to be doing. The first property of light is speed. Speed. Light travels. And uh, large distances, like from the sun, 93 million miles, or from the moon to the earth, it's calculated in light years. So, light travels are light moves. And in a spiritual sense, we ought to be traveling people. We can't be static or stagnant. There must be movement. Amen. There must be growth. Yeah, yes. And that is what God wants. So so if you're going to be like the light, you cannot be uh, uh, sitting down always. You must be moving. Light travels. Light moves. Then the, the, the next property of light is reflection. The basic meaning of reflection is something returns in response. When the light reflect, is reflected from the medium or the surface, the angle of reflection depends only on And the angle of the incident or the surface. What I'm saying here. What you need to learn from this is that. You and I are not the light. Do you get that? Alright. You are like the moon. The moon does not have a light. The moon shines with a borrowed light from the sun. So the moon reflects the light of the sun. And Jesus is saying here, just as how the moon reflects the light of the sun, you and I should be reflecting the light from the sun of righteousness. And so, you know, uh, a story was told of a man who stored potatoes in his basement. And he turned off all the light In his basement because he didn't want the potatoes to grow. For without light, there is no life. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? And without light, there is no growth. So he turned off all the light in his basement. Because he didn't want any light in there. And one day he went inside and turned on the light and noticed that some of the potatoes were growing. What he discovered is that there was a frying pan that was hung up in the basement and the ceiling of the basement. And there was a little light that was coming through a little crevice in the window. And that light landed and the shine surface of the frying pan and reflected that light inside the, the, the basement. And the potatoes started growing. You and I, when we reflect the light of God, growth takes place. Now John the Baptist understood this long ago when he preached. He says, talking about Jesus, John the Baptist says, In John 1, 7 to 9, he says he came as a witness to testify about the light. So that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light which cometh into the world that enlightens every man and I and you and I must reflect the light of Jesus Christ. But you know if the surface is dirty, it's going to affect the effectiveness of the reflection. So our lives must be clean. Am I right? So Jesus says, "You are the light of the world." Now, the next property of light is that light superimposes. What light does? It superimposes itself. Meaning that when light appears, it transforms everything else that is there. In other words, if there is darkness and light appears, you don't know where the darkness is gone. For it superimposes itself and eradicates the darkness wherever the people of God Live, work, play, study, sleep, eat. The light of righteousness must be shining. Now, when light superimposes itself, nothing else can put it out. Real light. I'm not talking about man-made light. I want you to go outside and put out the sun. When the stars are shining at night, you go and turn them off. Turn off the switch. Turn them off. One by one. Turn them off. Don't want any light in this place. Can you do that? Right. So don't let anybody shut you up. Then, the the fourth property of light is refraction. Refraction. When light passes through a substance or a medium, light gets bent on the basis of the wavelength or the frequency. Now, here it is. When it comes to certain principles, moral principles, you, you should not be bent. But you must be flexible. Some people are too rigid, and what they're being rigid about, I don't even know what they're talking about because there's no substance to it. It's just that they were grown that way, and because they were grown that way, I remember when I was in school, I used to, as a student, I was, uh, I was president. Of the the men's club at West Indies College, and there was a handbook, student handbook, that uh, that we were supposed to revise. And I was in charge of that committee, and we got some other students with myself, and we decided we have to revise this handbook because there are some things inside it that they, they they are from 1919. And they were not relevant. And one of them was that at the school, you couldn't wear any beard. Yes. When I was a student at West Indies College, you couldn't wear a beard. No, you, you, just as my chin is shining, you know. <laughs> there is not even a strong enough ear that should be on your chin. And at the time, we had a president by the name of Herbert Fletcher. And he used to come around. I don't know if he had a magnifying glass <laughs> or something to see if there was really a little ear. Something here. So we decided we are going to revise this book. And when we came to the point of beard, we decided that, hey, listen. A beard that is well-kept can't be accommodated. And there was a fellow on the committee, and I don't forget him. He said, no, we can't change that one. So he said, why? He said, you know, in my home where I grew up, my father never kept a beard. And so I don't think any student on this campus should have a beard. Now we got very mad. And rightly so. Because you grew up with your father not having a beard. That doesn't mean that that must apply to everybody. Right? Doesn't make any sense. All right. So here it is. Let's come back to the message. Come back to the message. The message is that there are some times when you have to give and take. Even in your marriage. If my wife wasn't giving and taking, I would be her husband. No, you know. Because when I got married to her, I came with a lot of faults. And I still have a lot of them. Because twenty twenty-eight years has not reduced all the faults that I had. I want to thank her for standing with me. because And I had to change some of these things. So, when it comes to, to, to principle, but there must be refraction. And there are some times when you have to bend your way around to make sure that things work as they ought to. Amen. Then light. Light. Transmits, light transmits. It means that it brings with it radiance, and it also transmits glow and brightness. Then light has wave lengths. You know the waves that come across, and uh, whoa, the the. When you look at the rainbow, the rainbow, you will notice that the rainbow has these different colors, and they they say it's eight different colors, and then you have these wavelengths that move and they give different colors. Now, monotony is a sin. You need to put a little spice in your life. I have never seen a real flowers garden with all the roses the same color. And I have two hands. And I have ten fingers. One. Well, then you just say four and one thumb, but it's fingers still. So I have ten fingers. You want to see them? Yeah, ten fingers. They are all different length, sizes, and width. And you know the the greatest thing about these fingers here? All ten of them have ten different fingerprints. Yeah. That's right. And the greatest thing about them is that nobody else has any print that come by these, that resemble these. You don't have them. They are totally different. That is why they take your fingerprint to identify you. And as a matter of fact, there's going to come a time When you go to the bank, uh, you will not have to sign anything. If you just look at you, just use your fingerprint or use your eyes and open your account. Nobody signing anything. When you go back to the bank, you look in your eyes and they see that it's you. And they look at your fingerprint and they see that it's you. So. So. Wavelengths are very important for the Christian life. Then the next property of light is frequency. What is it? Frequency. Now, what does frequency have to do with letting your light shine? It means that it must always be shining. Do you hear what I say, church? How frequently should your light be shining? Always. How frequently should you pray? How frequently should you thank the Lord? That's right. So can you learn anything from light here now? You must be frequent in your commitment to God. You must be frequent in Your worship to God. You must be frequent in your weakness of God. Then, the last property is that light has colors. I talked about a little in the rainbow. Light has colors, and they are different colors. But I want to let you know here this morning that there are certain things that you can't change. Certain things that you can't change in life. And you shouldn't change them. But as I said before, there are certain things that you can change. Now, how do I get some colors in my life? How do I get some colors in my life? Does your life have only one color or two colors? Now, as Jesus spoke about light, I believe that as the chief physicist, that he had already studied all the properties of light and know their meaning and know how they impact upon human life. So he says, you are the light of the world. But then it was not just for physics. He was saying here, That you are the light of the world. In a spiritual sense. So. The light here. In a spiritual sense. Means to make known. One's thought. Or to declare. One's thought. Light here. Is an emblem of purity. Light. Is a symbol of knowledge. And people. Who are who lack knowledge are in darkness if they don't know about God they are in spiritual darkness you know just this week a teenager committed suicide because she had a sex change and she became a transgender person. And it seemed as if it never worked very well. And she killed herself. Knowledge is very important. But the greatest knowledge that you need is the knowledge of the word of God. Light is a source of action. Light is a satellite of unity. Light is the bedrock of benevolence. Christ shined into the world through the lives of his people. The Christian must be a light bearer. He who brings the lamp is not himself the light, yet he brings light. And every person who is called by the name of God has it laid on his heart to bear the light to the world. And so the question is today, why should I be a light bearer? You cannot help being a light bearer if you are following Jesus Christ. For if the light of God has been given to you, it has to shine. Light cannot can do nothing but shine. And so your light must shine before the world. That they may see your good works, but your good works does not, your good work does not lead them to glorify you, but to glorify God. Yes. So How do I become an effective light bearer? Number one. Be absorbed by the light giver Jesus Christ. Number two. Be grateful to God for his goodness. In giving you the light of the gospel in your own life. Number three. Be concerned. About the lost. And develop a passion to see them come to Jesus Christ. Number four. Be not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation. How do I allow my light to shine? Be careful not to write off anyone. Always remember that you are not the final judge. But God is the final judge. For some people you see them and you say they can't make it. Can't make it. I've seen people that have been written off. By church people. By community people. And God has taken them up. Turned them around. Cleaned them up. And make them into somebody. Amen. That is what the gospel is all about. So don't write off anybody. You are not the final judge. Do you hear what I say, church? Amen. Next. Be careful to pray earnestly. For God to lay at least one soul on your heart. Amen. Now, listen, this one is serious. You cannot be coming to the church, eating up all this food that you're getting around here from the pulpit. Study the Bible, pray, and you don't have anything to show for it. Do you have anything to show for it? When last you told somebody about Jesus. Is the light really shining from you? Number seven. Be sympathetic to the needs of others. Number eight. Be alert and ready for every opportunity. To plug in a good word for Jesus. Number nine. Be careful to give God all the credit. For what he is doing in your life. Remember now. That you are not the light. You are a reflector. Ten and last. Be not discouraged. When people do not respond readily. To the message of salvation. You are not the converter of people. But listen to me now. My final word to you is. Don't make any excuse to allow your light to shine. I believe that light can be a passive indicator of the goodness of God in your life. So that when others look on, They see the gospel light shining through you. But it also can be a positive indicator by you standing up and talking up and speaking up and witnessing to the light of the love of God in your own life. So when Jesus said to the disciples, let your light show shine. He was quickening their life through the light of the gospel. And here, he says to the church today, regardless of what is happening around you, let the light of truth, of love, of peace, of forgiveness, of tenderness, righteousness flow through you. Amen. Are you willing to do that today? Remember now that like John the Baptist we are called to bear the gospel light. And the best way to bear the light Is to talk about the light. Who is the light? Who is the light church? Do you want to talk about him? If you're going to talk about him this week. Come in. Please stand with me. If you're going to allow him to shine through you this week. Please stand with me. I want you to repeat after me. I want my life to shine for Jesus. I will not hide it. I will not impede it. I will always let it shine through regardless of what is happening in my life. I will allow the power of understanding to strengthen me so that the light will always be shining. Dear Jesus, I pray today that you will equip me so that the light can shine through me. I pray that you will use me so that the light will shine from me. I pray that you will prepare me so I will always have the light shining through me. I give you myself today. Let your light shine through me. Our Heavenly Father, we've made this commitment today that we're gonna let allow love, peace, joy, forgiveness to flow through us as we lighten the lives of those around us. I pray for the church today. Help us to be committed to the task of allowing this light to shine through us. Use us, O God, to sweeten the lives of those around us. And we pray today that as the light of righteousness shines through us, that you will help us always to do nothing to impede it. In Jesus' name we pray.